0: This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association of MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by Peter Fury over Skype. How are you managing during lockdown, uh, Peter?
1: Not too bad. uh, Just keeping myself busy. uh, Doing a bit of exercise every day. And uh, just chilling, really. Nothing else uh, to be done.
0: I know Coogan spoke to you when the lockdown came in first. Now, I've been trying to steer away... uh, from this topic in in interviews but i know you're very strongly opinionated about this when you spoke to coogan people weren't following the guidelines we're in a situation here where uk's seen one of the worst death tolls uh in the world and people still aren't abiding with the guidelines not everyone but we've seen images on social media and the news people still aren't abiding what are your thoughts on that peter uh, it's the ignorance of
1: people isn't it you know the Don't know people, and it's just going to cause it's going to cause everybody more of a delay, more of a problem. You know, you know, everybody's nobody likes just sitting at home. We've all got cars outside. We've all got daily lives to go. You know, but we're not doing it. You know, and that's for a reason. You know, so the ones who's uh, flouting things and could risk a second spike, you know, it just begs belief how people can be so stupid.
0: Mm. I think that is the main concern now because we seem to be getting over the worst off the uh, the peak, if you like, with the NHS dealing with uh, casualties going in. Um, but as you mentioned, the second spike, if we're not careful that, careful, that could happen and then we could be facing another two or three months of this, Peter.
1: Well, yeah, you know, and if people think it's just numbers and uh, they don't want to watch the TV because it's scaremongering and all that, I can tell you categorically now that I've got very close people to me who have passed away with it. And, you know, they was in good health. You know, man and wife, they went in straight after each other. You know, they've not come out. You know, they passed away. So, you know, this is happening. Another friend of mine's father passed away with it. So it, it, it's happening, you know. I know quite a few people that's got it and they're currently fighting it. So it's not uh, it's not something you hear on the telly. It's reality.
0: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Peter. And I think we should also mention uh, Les Stevens. uh very sad, sad news recently. Yeah, just your, your comment on that.
1: You know, very sad, you know. The man's gone way shorter in life than what he should have done. You know, he done uh, great things for boxing. I know a lot of uh, people that women his boxing due, obviously from the travelling community and stuff. And, you know, the man had the height of respect. Everybody spoke very highly of him. So it's a tragic loss. But it's just a loss like every everybody else has had a loss. One of them thousands of people and stats on the on the TV what you see that's another Lev Stevens you know that's another family uh, that's in turmoil you know people need especially now you know really have got to consider other people you know because this life is a short life and you've got to respect people like I said every stat is a person and a family that's lost lives.
0: Once we're out of this hopefully sooner rather than later we know there's going to be huge impacts on the world economically. Um, how do you think this will affect boxing? There's two arguments here. Some are saying, well, pan customers are going to be desperate for any boxing. They're just going to throw money at it. And the, the other argument is people have obviously lost jobs, etc., lost money. Uh, they're not going to be able to afford pay-per-views, go into events and even scared to go to events uh, because they're mixing with other people. How do you think boxing is going to come out of this, Peter? I think there's got
1: to be a by the promoters and people involved in boxing. I think they've got to do a lot of research and you know, do a study of the people and the economy and how it's going to affect them. Maybe they need, if it is going to be behind closed doors and they're going to get the revenue from pay-per-view, let's say, and the pay-per-view needs to be slashed. You know, it's got to be really what people can afford. And it's got to be, they've got to adjust to the times, basically. It might not. I'm only giving you an example. You know, I, don't, I don't know. I've not looked into it at all. Um, but certainly, they will have to review it and do whatever's best to get the numbers right. Because it's all about getting the viewings. You know, there's no point having fights behind closed doors. But you can't get the viewing numbers because the subscriptions are too high. So it needs, uh, probably all needs looking at. It's got to be attractive to everybody. But I'm sure there'll be a way. And I, I think things will get back to normal. You know, I think uh, the biggest worry is the second spike. If that happens, it'll turn the country into chaos. But if it doesn't, I think we'll just rally through this. And uh, if everybody abides by the rules, there shouldn't be a second spike. And I think over the next year, I think things will probably start getting more or less back to how it was in a year's time. But that doesn't mean to say, I think things will still happen now. We're on about boxing coming back in July. So, hopefully, um, it will be measures and it'll just come, they'll just ease things back slowly. That's what I'm gathering anyway.
0: Of course, Savannah was one of the first ones to be affected by this whole thing. She had a world title shot coming up. How's she uh, sort of cope with that, Peter?
1: She's coping okay. She's doing a training at home. She's got the use of a boxing gym there, which she can use by herself. So, she's, she's doing a she's training by herself. And uh, that's all she can do. So she's staying uh, She's staying in shape. She's staying fit. And um, like I said, we had a we had a discussion only about a week ago, probably. And I just basically asked her to keep fit because when she comes back into camp, she can jump into sparring straight away. You know, and uh, she's ready. So five, six weeks for Savannah, she'll be ready.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, Hugh doing the same as well, training away. How much are they missing sparring, Hughy and Savannah? We can't do that, obviously, with social distancing at the moment. How much uh, are they missing that?
1: Yeah, sparring is a big part of the uh, of boxing. It's a big part of your progress and your your preparation. So you know, but there's no fights lined up. So they're not really missing it so much because they're not in camp. You know, but when camp starts, sparring will need to commence for sure. You know, because it's hard for fighters, to tit a bag and hit some bats and then expect to perform at the very best in a real fight so they will need sparring
0: For Huey if he goes into a, a, a big fight straight away kind of when we come out of this how many weeks minimum of sparring would he need top quality sparring uh,
1: Minimum five I need a Minimum of five
0: weeks
1: Okay. okay. Course, you, need a, you need a week ten days rest after it like, he could be ready, Huey, within six weeks.
0: Of course, last time he was very impressive. Um, but with Huey, we've seen him in, in huge fights before. Josie Parker, Povetkin, uh, Kubrat, Pulev. Um, he clearly looked motivated for that fight because of the performance. But because Huey's been in them sort of fights, the, the names I've just mentioned so early on in his career, do you want to see him in a big fight straight away once once we're out of this?
1: Um, not too bothered you know he's, um, he's he's had one fight there's been a, a delay because of this virus so you know we'll just keep just keep working away and chipping away so I don't know who we got next but like we're um, not too bothered if it's a decent fight he'll take it so it's uh, yeah but for me probably a little bit better opponent than what he had last time um, and then after that he's ready so he's probably one fight away from He'll take the fights. You know he's improved. He's uh, matured now, and uh, like I said, he's hitting hard and he's hitting with both hands where before he was hitting with one. So, like I said, uh, we're happy to take these type of fights when we can get them.
0: How close do you think we are from seeing the best of Huey, or how far away are we?
1: I think uh, certainly within another year. You know, Max, he's up there now. He's just putting these. Skills under the spotlight and getting him in with decent opponents so they can see what he's about. But I believe he's there already. So, like I said, certainly within the next twelve months, I think if he gets his chance and this virus thing allows him to box, I think within the next year you'll definitely see him challenging for a world title.
0: What about in terms of the fighters I just mentioned? Would you like him in a rematch against one of those and, and turn that sort of loss into 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 a win?
1: Sure, you know, I would have liked Pavekin again, but obviously Dillon Dylan White's fighting Pavekin, so maybe that's something after that fight if, if it could be made. Um, obviously, we know Pula's fighting uh, Joshua, maybe that could be made after that fight. So we'll, we'll have to see.
0: Um, I will ask you about uh, the two fights you just mentioned there. Uh, Joshua and White are favourites going into them fights. Uh, from what you saw in the opposite corner, let's start with Kubrat Pulev. How much of a chance do you give against uh, Anthony Joshua?
1: I give Pulev a good chance. He's a, he's very educated. He's very very patient as well, and he's a good boxer. He's got a very good jab, and you know, also he's uh, he's awkward himself. And um, you know, it's sixty forty in in Joshua's favour. But like I said, it's not it's not a landslide. It's not a given because anything can happen. You know, Pulev's he's a tough man as well. And he, he comes to win. And Pulev's got very cagey as time's gone on. He learned by a Klitschko loss. You know, he's got a, a he's got a, a very good defence. So like I said, um, you know, it's not it's not all one sided. It'll be a good fight that week.
0: Out of Pulev, Povetkin and Parker, was you most impressed by Pulev?
1: Um I think they're all they've all got different styles, you know. Um uh, Parker was a Parker was a good fight for Yui. Um Pulev, you know, Povetkin. It was all all similar top tier level fighters. So it's hard to describe. They it. bring different styles. Mm.
0: And in terms of Dylan White, Alexander Povetkin, do you see it again? Kind of a sixty forty to to Dylan.
1: Um, you know, it's hard to say. You know, that could be a uh, 55. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's one of them. You know, how much has Povetkin got? Left in the uh, left in the tank—that's always a question mark. When you're like 40-41, you know he had a good fight with Michael Hunter, and you see him there as the rounds went on. He faded a lot, and you know to be fair with Yui as well, he faded a lot in the mid to late rounds. But you know, and um, you know as we see with Dillian White, if he's properly fit and he's and he's ready for it, Dillian White can do the rounds. So like I said, uh, you you would think. When you look at it, both stats looking back, in mid-to-late rounds, Dillian should overcome
0: You said that you expect Huey to be fighting for a world title next year. How much do you think it'll help him that he's been at that level so early on in his career, albeit come up short? Um, but how much do you think that will help him, having that experience in the in the bank, Peter?
1: I think it's going to help him tremendously because when you take fights like that, you've got to learn how to pace yourself. You know, secondly, you've got, to, you've got to be very, very relaxed and calm and let your confidence, mental confidence, take you through the rounds by being relaxed, letting your hands go, you know. So he's learnt by not doing these things, the cost of it, because these few things I've just mentioned to you will make you come second best. You know, so like I said, it's all about the pace in it, but it's all about you as a person being relaxed and being comfortable in your own skin, and you know you're in there, and letting your skills do the talking. You know when he's got skills to burn you. So like I said, I think now with that experience he's had, and he's coming of age now, he's matured as well, and uh, he, he's ready for these type of things now. And you'll see, you'll see him doing the rounds a lot easier, throwing a lot more punches. He's a different fighter because he's uh, he's he's changed a hell of a lot.
0: You, you always work the, a small stable you, you're currently do, doing that now with Savannah and Huey um, I'm sure you get a lot of requests for fighters to, to come and train with you are you still uh, in that frame of mind where you want to have a small stable or you want to perhaps grow it in the future
1: no I, I wouldn't say I get a lot of requests but now and again I get asked to uh, train uh, fighters and it's not don't refuse the fighters because I don't think they can make it or anything like that it's my own, my own schedule. Because look, I can't do things seventy percent. It's not a business for me. But like I said, you know, what am I going to get? Ten percent. I don't need ten percent. You know, I need anything. We're all I respect money. I respect the tenor. but I don't need ten percent. Ain't going to do anything. So I'm not into boxing to glean a ten percent. But like I said, I've got other interest outside of boxing. So the thing is, is um, I've got to put my life into it because to get the best out of fighter. The fighter's got to give 100 percent so view. So it's all—it's just where I'm at at the time. I won't say in the future I might never, I might not never take any more fighters, or I might take one. I just don't know. But for me, it would have to be—I um, have to really want to do it to uh, take any other fighters.
0: How are they to work with Huey and Savannah in terms of when you when you teach them things, when you show them new things? How do they adapt to things? Do they pick up things quickly?
1: They do, um, you know. Yui's um, a total dedication. Uh, he, he, he trains hard, so hard in gym, and he tries his very best. And the same with Savannah. They both do what they're uh, asked of, and you know, Savannah's a very quick learner. She can she adapt pretty quick. And um, yeah, that's as much as I can say. But both both very good to work with. They know how I work, and I know how they work, and it it just fits. You know, it's uh, we all know what we've got to do.
0: I think it's fair to say quite a few boxing fans are writing Huey off just because of the losses, even though they're very early in his career. Um, do you think he's going to shock a lot of people, Peter?
1: I think people deep down in boxing who know, know boxing know what he's about. But look, we haven't got... Let's look at Vladimir Klitschko then. Now, Vladimir Klitschko lost three and got badly stopped put down wobbled everywhere stopped three times he, he was like he was like Bambi on ice you know look what he'd become you know you know we're looking at Yui who's a lot younger than Vladimir was when he had them losses and uh, you know he's just landing in his trade but nobody's nobody's troubled Yui Yui's gone through 12 rounds against Kulev you know with one eye you know with injuries and everything you know he's got everything it takes it's just turning the corner and doing more rather than been doing less, you know, more punch output. And uh, like I said, the things I've touched on, relaxing more, you know, and uh, letting your boxing do the talking, pacing your rounds better, throwing more shots. You know, these are the things he's developed. So um, I think, yeah, for me, you know, I think he's uh, he's probably probably one of the finest young talents coming through at the bit.
0: How do you assess the other young heavyweights? Uh from Britain like Daniel Dubois obviously Joe Joyce is not young but he's early on in his professional career how do you rate those guys?
1: Yeah you, you've you got to rate them I think they're both very good you know I, I know both fighters I've the them in camp with us aspiring with UE and stuff they both perform very well you know they're good fighters but like I said um, uh, Dubois is young you know, he's, got to, he's got to come through he's, he's not really been heavily tested you know but even if he gets tested and he comes undone, you know, that's not the end of it because he's young as well. You know, he's, they've got to grow into it. You know, we've seen, we've seen it time and time again with a lot of young fighters. You know, they've got excellent talent. You know, they can come up against all about the level of opponent you're facing. You know, we can all, you know, the promoter can all get fighters an unbeaten record, and, you know, guide them and glide them around. You know, but when they're fighting stiff opposition, you, you can drop a... You can drop a W. <laughs> so it doesn't mean to say that's the end of it. It's just it's a, just a blip in their career. It's how they come back from it and learn from it, and they move on. But, you know, both of them fighters as you mentioned, have got a good future.
0: I think down the line as well, all three of them, Brits and Huey, uh, Daniel and Joe Joyce, they're all going to probably meet one day, aren't they, Peter?
1: Yeah, probably down the road they probably will do. It just depends on certain paths and the road they take. No, but um, one thing for sure, if everybody keeps winning, then the circle gets smaller and smaller. So, at the top of that mountain you know, comes a very small point where everybody's got to face off.
0: Well, listen, Huey's still got you know Sky Sports behind him, MTK behind him, uh, yourself uh, training him in his corner. So, he's certainly got the platform to to kind of res- uh, to recover, shall we say, from from the start of his career. And uh kick on like you, like you mentioned a great example there Vladimir Klitschko. um he suffered so many losses and then went on like a 10 year reign, so Huey's certainly got the platform with mtK and Sky to, to push on
1: yeah he's, he's got uh, good teams with him you know he's a uh, like I said there's no complaints with anything you know' it's all, it's all down to Huey now he' perform on his best, and I believe he will he's you know, he's a fine athlete um I just think now we're going to see something different. Here. We already have seen something different in his last fight anyway. But like I said, against that level of opponent, people can say, oh, well, we don't know. But like I said, well, let's, uh, let's step him up and see how it goes. But um, I think he he definitely get there.
0: Peter, just moving away from this, uh, around this interview off, I do want to ask you about an issue that everyone's talking about uh, in boxing. It's a comment uh, from Devin Haney. Uh, the exact quote was, I will never lose to a white boy in my life. It's a similar thing Bernard Hopkins said to Joe Calzaghe many years ago. Your thoughts on that comment, Peter?
1: I don't really read much into it. You know, he probably comes from, uh, you know, somewhere in America, which is probably a totally black community, you know, and um, that's just how these young people view things. You know, well, i sure, you sure know, they say things without, you know, thinking about it. Look, in black white yellow gray whatever you want to call it we're all human you know, there's only one God there ain't five or six you know we're all made from the same from the same stuff so like just a comment it shows that um, somebody would, somebody young would only comment like that because anybody' of experience you know would, would know different so it's just part of his age and he's not really realizing what he's saying so I don't read anything into it it's just people's very quick to pick up on words today. You know we're all too politically correct, you know. So you know, give the kid a chance, and uh, I'm sure he's not a bad kid. And the people that know him, you know, he's probably a, probably a very nice young man. But they're just it's just inexperience and the age. That's what it is. Yeah,
0: he's only 21, I think, and I've been around him. He, he's not like that, and everyone else in boxing said that. So I think you're you're on the mark there. But I can see why people are offended. Why he had to pick out a certain race? Why he couldn't just say. I won't lose to anyone um, rather than pick out a race.
1: No, it is a yeah. I'm sick of people pulling race cards up. You know, if people get talked about, you know, gypsies get discriminated, discriminated against, blacks get black people discriminated against, you know, it can be Asians, it can be Muslims, you know, it's just everybody likes to, to hang on to something, you know, instead of just getting on. You know, it's, uh, like I said, Unless somebody comes out and says, you know, I can't stand white people, I can't stand black people, then that's a different scenario. But for somebody just to come out and just give a comment, what does what does it mean? You know, we all say things we don't mean. I can argue with the missus yesterday and <laughs> say things I don't mean. I'm going to get, I'm going to get tucked <laughs> to court over it.
0: <laughs> How's it it's been spend, big- spending more time with your family, Beta?
1: I've enjoyed it. I've got my mother here. I've got my me, uh, me wife uh, and two of my daughters here. Yui, Yui misses a week and comes a week. So, um, it's good. So, it's, uh, like I said, it's, I've been home quite a lot. I've not really gone anywhere. But I've enjoyed it. To, to say the same, I've been watching these box sets on the telly. I watched Homeland. I've oh, and well and like
0: Netflix, that. yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I've watched Homeland, yeah. Very good.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And I'm watching another one, um, Every time the name leaves me, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> that's a good memory. Is it's um, something about the American president? I Can't think of the name of it. Uh, designated survivor.
0: Okay, okay.
1: I'm watching that at the moment. And then after that one, I've been told <laughs> I've been told about another one. So you know, the days are flying.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Just back to that that race issue we were talking about. Did you happen to see a documentary recently on Channel Four? Uh, about travellers I did what did you think about that Peter?
1: a lot of travellers aren't like that you know but let's put it into context you know there are some travellers who are like that so you can't really what's to complain about you know they do do it young kids do get together and throw bricks at cars you know I know that for a fact I'm travelling man myself I know I know what happens but, you know not, it's not like bad intentions or it's not where the mother and fathers are, are, are watching them do it. These are young kids on caravan parks, yeah? And there might be 15, 20 kids. You know, when you've got a lot of kids together like that, they'll do silly things. I remember when I was uh, 11, and I'm walking down the road, and there's a car. You know, it was scrap. It was a car. I just picked up a brick and it straight for the front window. No reason. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to see the window smash. But unfortunately for me, there was a policeman watching me do it. Oh. <laughs> took me back, took me back to my mother and father, but you know, this they, they didn't I didn't get nicked over it, but they said, you know, you know, it's not for pe- it's not for young people to pick bricks up and throw them out windows, you know, which is not. So like I said, young kids do stupid things, but things can get taken out of context. But if people in villages are getting bullied by people, if they're being ignorant to people or trying to bounce money out them or trying to be you know, bully or tax people or stuff like that, then that's wholly wrong. And there is certain people that behave that way, you know, where they've got no respect or they're driving past the things 100 miles an hour. You know, these things happen, but it is a small minority. You know, not everybody is the same. It's the same with all of us, whether it be that program, another program, you know, everybody's not the same. And I think people watching that program will know that. I watch what Paddy said, you know, you know, you know, Paddy hit it, hit, it, hit it on the nail. He said when he got his, when he got his trailer site, people was all over the place. But now it's run properly because you've got somebody who's a decent fellow at the helm running it. So, and, then, and like you said, a lot of the younger generation today, you know, a lot of them do take a lot of drugs and it ruins them. So, you know, people do change and that's, that's part of the problem. So, like I said, it's a... Uh, that's not just in. That's not just in travellers. That's across the nation, isn't it? Everybody's. Uh, everybody's got these issues.
0: Yeah, of course, but I think that's where people see the issue a bit. Is that it's trying to paint all travellers in a bad light, which is definitely not the case.
1: I can tell you, it's not the case because obviously you know travellers ourselves, and uh, I certainly don't behave like that. And then all, most of my friends are not travellers anyway. I don't really, I'm not really in traveling circles for a start, you know, my, my circles are just everyday people, you know, I don't distinguish between travelers and not travelers, everybody's the same to me, I Don't I don't distinguish in the difference, so it doesn't really, you know, and a lot of people the same as well, you know, I think uh, you've got to say 70% of travelers, you know, do run their lives properly, there's always going to be 30% or whatever.
0: I think that's for every community, though, Peter. I think you're right there.
1: In every community. And like I said, you know, you can't complain. But people who's on these trailer sites, you know, you all need to get together and speak up. Because if there is an idiot in the corner or one or two of them, they need to say, look, you, know, you want to shape up here because we live here. You're making things bad for us. You're going to get the police on our back in the villages. You know, we will get all tied for the same brush. So in, in one respect, they are all blame because there should be people on that site looking at these odd few and say, look, if you can't shape up, go and move somewhere else, because it does what a few does causes ripple effect, you know. So it's probably on that on that Channel Four program. There's probably only one or two families causing all the damage, but because they're going back on that park, you know, or oh, that site is a no-go area. These people, <laughs> I'm not saying everybody gets tired on that park as being like that. When really, it's probably only one or two of them. So they need to all get together. You know, admit these people play ball or tell them to move on mm. and do it somewhere else.
0: Okay, Peter, if you're taking half an hour of your time, so get back to your uh, Netflix series uh, watching. Uh, thank you for your time, and uh, hopefully, we don't have a, a second spike in uh, these idiots. Stay at home, Peter. let yeah, hope not. <laughs> Peter, no thank
1: you. Speaking to you.
0: Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much, and uh, God bless. And you.
1: See you soon.